Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk about some more fantasy football. Yeah, we got a lot of good fantasy football talk coming up for you guys. We're going to keep on riding that fantasy football train uh, as we get closer and closer to our TSK Show Fantasy Football League yes, draft sir. next week. Yep. Tyler and I have our top two players at each position as well as one sleeper pick per position we are going to throw out there for everyone. And then, as always, Tyler and I will always find a way to talk about basketball during the show. Uh, we got an NBA-themed two-minute drill for you guys so we can talk about some basketball as well. Yep, always got to sneak it in there. Yeah, So, but let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to just go position by position you want to talk about the league first or you want oh yeah no yeah yeah, i mean just just a quick little update on the league um we've got three spots left shout out to uh chad johnson nico Corey Golob, brett riley jared and jordan carlson and case mcgee for already joining yep Uh, we got nine of the 12 slots filled up um but remember a hundred dollar buy-in and we would like to keep doing this league for years to come so you get to keep two players at the end of each year um third place and the regular season winner get their money back so there's four opportunities total in our draft to uh in our league to get your money back so a little bit safer play there and then the draft is next tuesday at eight o'clock yep so one week away yeah one week away we're going to do it right after we record next week's episode and with the hundred dollar buy-in it's going to be a good jackpot yeah it's going to be going to be a real nice jackpot it could be anywhere from like six to eight hundred bucks depending if we can get one more or three more people in yep uh if you want to be a part of this league definitely hit us up at tsk show on facebook instagram or twitter uh or if any of you have our actual cell phone numbers just hit us up uh you know where to find us um but yeah, so let's get right into uh, these rankings for each position. Uh, let's just start off, obviously, with the quarterbacks. Yeah, and we're talking about fantasy football. You know, we're we're not really including daily fantasy football yet because that's kind of on a week to week basis. This is all about fantasy drafts, getting ready for all those leagues that are about to draft. Yeah, I mean, it, um, if you're looking for like daily fantasy advice, definitely that comes during week one. Yeah, that comes during week one. It, if you've listened to the show obviously for the past almost year now uh you know we do like our picks of the week segment so that'll definitely be yep. probably where we talk about some daily fantasy yep uh daily so, fantasy well some information to yeah. take in to you know to build your roster make it right but yeah daily fantasy all, tips yeah, that, exactly. i lost i lost my train of thought there but yeah this is all about uh fantasy draft so we'll start with quarterbacks um and what we want what i wanted to do is basically talk about the guys that are top two like if you're looking for this position, these are the top two guys. And then one pick that's not necessarily a guy. For me, I, uh, my sleepers are guys that are projected outside of, like, the top 10 or 15. Yeah, and, I mean, I think sleepers for me not necessarily have to do with rankings, but more just my opinion on a guy of who I think is really going to either have a really good year and step up or just kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, people that, people that you don't see coming. Yeah. And uh, for me, the quarterbacks – in although one of my top two is probably could be considered a sleeper for some reason just because of rankings, but I got Rodgers and Breeze as my top two guys, and I think I've seen Breeze as low as like 14th overall. Um, I think just because of the run game, the rankings people are kind of uh, forgetting who this guy is, but this guy's a threat to throw for 5,000 yards. So yeah, um, Rodgers is the best player in football. So I think I got Breeze and Rodgers as my top few guys. That's It's interesting. I, I also have Drew Breeze, but I have him paired with Matthew Stafford. I think Matt Stafford has just as much potential to throw 5,000 yards as Drew Breeze does. Yep. Uh, he's got a pretty good receiving core. Golden Tate is coming into his own yeah. uh, after the past couple of years in Detroit. He's He's finding his way there. Um, Darius Slay, he's 
he's definitely going to be a, a weapon for them. Yeah, it, well, and Stafford's kind of like uh, the Russell Westbrook, whereas like his, yeah. his usage is just so high. He's the only thing they got going on, so his stats are always just inflated. Stafford's definitely a top 10 uh, quarterback, for sure. Yeah, so who's your sleeper at um, QB? You know, I wanted to go with the guy that I've talked about a bunch, um, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to – I'm going to let that topic rest for a second, and I'm going to go with the guy, another guy that I've seen ranked very, very low in most drafts is uh, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, okay. So you think he's going to be able I think to come back? I think he's a sleeper guy that could be a top 10 scorer just because I know his, his talent level and the guys that he has around him, um, they kind of took a step back last year. But I think this year you see Derek Carr – He's going to have a good season. You think John Gruden is going to be able to find a way to have have the Raiders bounce back from mm, last year? I don't know. John Gruden's kind of like iffy, you know, to me because he's such a strong personality. That could go either way. That could be really good or bad for the Raiders. But I think the Raiders are a good football team. So I like them to do well this year. And, you know, with uh, with the addition of Martavis Bryant and Jordy, Jordy Nelson, with pairing with Amari Cooper, who I think highly of, I think, Derek Carr's gonna look good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think he's he's a bright young quarterback who has a lot of potential in this league. So, but my sleeper, and people are gonna call me biased for this, but I'm going with Jared Goff. I think he's he's ready to take that next step. He took he took a huge step forward last year. Yep. He's got a lot of weapons around him this year. He's got, he's more comfortable in Sean McVay's system with another year under his belt. Yeah, I really think this year Jared Goff is gonna come into his own and really show us what he can be yeah he could have Carson Wentz the year Carson Wentz had last year as far as like if if the Rams are doing really really well they already have all that big talent but they're going to look at Goff and Goff's numbers are going to look good if they're doing well exactly I mean they had the highest ranked offense last year Yeah, exactly and I, I remember last year um, at one point in time, I compared him to where the Kurt Warner Gray show and turf yep. Rams were at yep. and they were right neck and neck right there so Jared Goff is a fine pick. You want to wait later on in the draft and take Goff as your number one quarterback? I think that's a good move. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about uh, the running backs. Running backs, I think, are pretty obvious top two. I think Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell are the guys. For sure. I mean, I'm obviously Le'Veon Bell will probably go number one in a lot of drafts, maybe yeah. number two. Yep. Um, the only reason I left him off the list is because we're going to talk about uh, PPR leagues in a little bit. Yep. Um, so I just kind of went for like a normal draft. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this this guy also could be very do very well in a PPR league is Alvin Kamara. Yep. I also have Todd Gurley as my number one running back this year. Uh, but I think Alvin Kamara is in for a huge year. He's got the first four games without Mark Ingram. Mm -hmm. That's going to be – he's going to have a lot of chances to put up a lot of points early in the season yeah, and definitely. really solidify himself as one of the lead backs and maybe even take the job from Ingram yeah. and the Saints go away from that two-man game. Yeah, I think um, Ingram doesn't really affect – he's in such a good spot now that Ingram doesn't really even affect, you know, what's going on. He may see a couple less touches at most, but Kamara's in the game plan now. He's a For stud. sure. He's a stud. He's going to throw up big numbers. That's a good pick. Um, but uh, for my sleeper, I got a, um, I got a, I got two guys. I couldn't really pick. There, there are a couple <laughs> guys coming off an injury. Make a decision. And this is why – okay, I'm going to make a decision. This is why I think he's a sleeper coming off the decision – um, because I'm, I'm gonna make a decision between the two because I've seen this guy play a lot, and that's Chris Carson for the Seahawks. Ooh, he's coming off an injury, only played maybe a handful of games. Um, and this is digging deep, but this is kind of you know running backs you're looking for in fantasy football. Um, it doesn't matter how good the Seahawks are; they still need stats. They still need guys to run the ball. Russell Wilson is not gonna lead the team in rushing <laughs> this year. Um, if Chris Carson stays healthy, he's always shown like really good production. So. Um, I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's he has he's in the right position. He's just your standard runner. Um, he's not gonna he's not like a huge you know as as so far he hasn't been like huge in the passing game or anything like that. But this is a different Seahawks team than it was last year, so you never know. You might have a you might have a bigger role, and he's got guys to split carries with, so he's not gonna be asked to do everything. Yeah. Now this guy is ranked really high. Uh, he's he's my sleeper. But I think a lot of people think he's gonna be he he'll he'll fall to the so sophomore slump. Uh, but I'm going with Leonard Fournette. Yep. He uh, oh, 
Tyler turned his mic off. Yep. Come on, man. Rookie move. We got it. We're good. <laughs> that was weird. Um, but no, anyway, I think I think a lot of people think Leonard Fournette is going to be susceptible to that sophomore slump. But I think the Jaguars are going to be right there in the AFC South with the Texans, mm-hmm. maybe even the Colts, depending on how Andrew Luck is. Um, but I think Leonard Fournette is in for another big, strong year. Yeah, he's going to be – he's like a running back one. I think yeah. every week he's going to be a running back one. He's one of those rare, like, top five guys, I think. Yeah, so – all right. You want to – Wide receiver? Yeah. Um, wide receiver is a tough one because there's – I I don't know. It's just hard to kind of separate them. But the top two guys, I think they're just – this is flat out. I think they're going to score the, the most points of any two receivers is – Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, okay. I also have Andrew and, and Andrew Antonio Brown yep. uh, as now, my number one now, receiver. I believe now, if we're talking real football, you know, I believe Julio Jones is the top guy. But we're not talking real football. No, we're talking Julio Jones is more of a system where he's sharing touches, whereas DeAndre Hopkins is the man. He's the only thing they got going on on offense um, with Deshaun Watson and Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. So yeah. Yeah, I got those two as my top two. I, I I definitely think Antonio Brown is the best receiver in football. Um, so you said you have DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown. I have Antonio Brown, and I have Michael Thomas, who's going to be the number one receiver in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I have Drew Brees as my number one quarterback. Yeah, I why think not? it's I think it's the perfect pair. Yeah, Michael Thomas could throw up you know record numbers. You know, at any time he could have fifteen plus touchdowns anytime. Yeah, I definitely think Michael Thomas could have anywhere from 10 to 13 touchdowns this year. Yeah, probably more. Honestly, I think he's, you know, the Saints are going to have a big big time year on offense like they do every year. Um, you know, even when they've lost, they've had they they throw up great numbers. That's what they do. Yeah, and I I think Drew ha- Brees has been throwing for 4,000 yards every year for 10 plus years. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you see the subtle hints I have Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas all in my top rankings right now. Because fantasy wise, they're a team that you you look at and you think there's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of opportunity there. Exactly. They play, you know, they're so they're they're all in attack mode. They play they play fast. They get a lot of plays off. They throw the ball a lot, which helps out for fantasy football. For sure. Who's your who's your sleeper receiver? Um, again, I'm not gonna go with the guy that I've talked about a bunch, uh, which is Josh Gordon. <laughs> um hey he came back yeah he's like back I, like he's I, back in cleveland yep exactly like i said I've, i talked about like i said about patrick mahomes i talked about gordon enough um cooper cup for for, for the second year in a row cooper cup is my big sleeper i also have cooper cup really i swear yeah cooper <laughs> cup i think just because he's such a he's such a good third down guy he has a rapport um with the with the coach with the with the quarterback he's gonna get you know just because they have more talent around him, you know, like Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, these guys, um, I think that only makes his job even easier. A hundred percent, it makes his job easier. You could see, you could see, I could see like the the year Adam Thielen had last year. You know what I mean? Where kind of comes out of nowhere, not necessarily nowhere, but you know, Cooper Cup had a decent year last year, but I think he takes a step forward, like Thielen took a step forward last year, and gets up and maybe you know, 11, 1,200 receiving yards. Oh, for sure. I mean, I definitely could see that happening. You have Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods is your one and your two, however you want to place yeah. them. And so Cooper Cup to me becomes a guy when he scores, if he scores a touchdown in the game he plays, he's going to be a top 10 guy. Huh, yeah. Because he's going to get so many catches. He's going to get, you know, probably eight catches a game, uh, maybe more. You, you know, he could catch 100 balls this year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a – type of receiver that reminds me of a Julian Edelman, a Danny Amendola type of type of player. And yeah. And he's a big guy. He can play the slot. He exactly. can play outside. He's six three. He's athletic. Yeah, he's a little bit bigger than, than those second, guys. He's only a second year player. He's super young. So I, I like Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's he definitely has a lot of potential to put up a lot of points this year. That's funny that we that we both have yeah, him. Yep. No, I mean he's a great player though. Shout out Eastern Washington. Yeah. <laughs> AKA the program, dude. Winning national titles up there. Yeah. All right. Tight ends, the big guys. Well, to me, tight ends is like the top two is just universally known. Um I don't you know, maybe some people wanna throw Zach Ertz in the mix, but I just don't believe that that's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, it's Gronk <laughs> and Kelsey. Gronk is way ahead, you know. I think Gronk is up a hundred miles. 
on Kelsey. Well, we know how you feel about Travis and Kelsey. Kelsey is like 20 miles ahead of everybody else. You know what I mean? I think that's how, how deep of a spread Gronk's got on everyone. But Kelsey is the clear number two. Yeah, for sure. Especially in fantasy football with his usage. Yeah, and I mean, just, just for argument's sake, I'm throwing... Lots of targets. Yeah, but just just for argument's sake, I'm I threw Jimmy Graham as the as my number two, just because I think he's gonna have and a, I, a reju- have more, rejuvenated year. Yeah, he's, I have more Jimmy Graham as as people that are sleeping on people are sleeping on him. Well, I just think he's gonna get a lot more usage in Green Bay than he did in Seattle. Yeah, for sure. I think Jimmy Graham's gonna have a big time year. He's definitely on my top three. Um, I honestly, and when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the fancy draft, I don't know. Um, I probably won't ever have to deal with this scenario, but I'd probably take Jimmy over Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. I would too. But, but if like I'm picking on the board and that's like my decision, I'm probably going to go with another position. <laughs> probably not. Just, gonna draft just a tight defer. End peg. I'm probably just going to defer. Yep. All right. Well, the no advantage but, goes with. But that. my sleepers, I got a bunch of good sleepers. Unfortunately, tight end was tough for me to pick a sleeper because I, I got a. Pick. I think I got a really good sleeper. All right. Who do you got? Jack Doyle of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, having Andrew Luck back is going to be big time for exactly. him. Exactly. I think Andrew Luck is he's I think he's there. I think he's back. And he produced with Jacoby Brissett last year, so I mean, he's got yeah. he, he obviously can ball. It's not like he just needs it's not like he's the product of a quarterback. For sure. I don't know who I'm going to pick. I mean, here here's my thing with tight end sleepers. I like I said, I think the position's super super thin. If you don't get one of those first three or four guys, I think it really drops off. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can take people in the tight end. You know, I think you can look as far as like the down at the 15, 20, 25 ranked guys yeah. as you're starting tight end. Um, the one guy I've seen that's been slept on this year is Tyler Eifert coming off of injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, this guy's a touchdown machine and a baller prototype tight end. Um, I think if he's healthy on the field, he is a tier one tight end. Yeah. And I mean, Andy Dalton and him have a rapport. They know how to like, Andy Dalton knows how to use Eifert. Yep. It's just he's just been injured. Um, David Njoku, I've, I'm big on a lot of Browns players, but he's a second round, he's a second year player, first round pick, and um, out of Miami, super big, athletic kid. Uh, scored a touchdown already in the preseason. Yeah, he looks pretty good. I, um, I think as a second year tight end, he's going to take a big step forward. And then lastly, I'm just throwing this guy in there because I've watched like like Chris Carson kind of. Um, I've watched him play, so I know like all the good he brings. Whereas like people have never seen him play might like count him out. Um, is going to Detroit, Luke Wilson. I think that's the perfect fit. That's the perfect fit for Detroit's passing offense. Um, Luke Wilson is a pass catching receiver. He can he can he can block well enough, you know, to where you can play him as your starting tight end. Um, I'm upset that he's not starting for the Seahawks this year. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Luke Wilson in Detroit. That's another fantasy football sleeper, big time. I, that's funny that you said you're pissed he's not w- out there for Seattle. I didn't even know he left Seattle. Uh, so you, yeah, you know he, what's what's funny is on the show before on on a previous episode, I don't know exactly what episode, I talked about the Seahawks and how like I like their tight ends, and they had Luke Wilson and Nick Vanette. <laughs> and um, I got a text from my brother after the show, and he said, dude. Uh, Luke Wilson plays for Detroit. <laughs> yeah. So it was just one of those hey. free agency sightings that I'm sure I, I knew what happened when it happened, but kind of yeah. forgot hey. about it. Players mess up. Hey. Yeah. We we don't got him, but I think he's going to ball out in Detroit. So what what do you got? Who Who is your sleeper? Jack, Jack Doyle. Doyle. Okay, so we're going to move on to PPR guys. Yeah. Um, and basically, for just to clarify for this position, I'm talking about guys that – um, PPR running backs and receivers are guys that if they were not in a PPR league, they would have a different value. Right. Um, and there's people on both sides of it. Uh, the one that I like to, to show an example of is Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry's in a non-PPR league, very valuable uh, PPR league, not quite as valuable. Christian McCaffrey, very valuable in a PPR league, not quite as valuable, still valuable, not quite as valuable in a non-PPR league. So these are guys that are v- – you know, valuable in a PPR setting. Um, my top two running backs in a PPR setting were Christian McCaffrey and James White. Um, another guy I had in there was Ty Montgomery of Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a former receiver turned running back. 
because yeah. of injuries, but it actually yeah. worked out for him moving to running back. He's done very well in that. Yeah, and position. they just had one of their their couple of running backs just got hurt, uh, twisted an ankle. Um, he's actually the guy on ESPN that was said that he's going to start kicking defensive players because they're trying to hurt him. Oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, Ty Montgomery is going to be big time in PPR. He's I think he's going to get a lot of catches out of backfield for uh, Rogers, James White playing with Brady in New England. Yeah. Um, historically, they run a ton of screens, so I think he's going to be a big one. And then I think everybody universally has Christian McCaffrey as, like, the big PPR running back. Yeah, and I mean – Because he's damn near a receiver. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, It'll be interesting to see if he gets caught up in the sophomore slump. Uh, but, I mean, he's he's definitely going to be – he's definitely in the right position. He's if got, he had a sophomore slump, it would be very surprising to me. There, I know that that's, that's you know, not saying much, and it, it happens – very often and it doesn't really mean that much but I just don't see him as he's just such a hard worker uh he's such a good football player so smart and I think he really wants it um I think if he stays healthy with Cam Newton out there he's the perfect compliment yeah for sure a little scat guy back there with Cam Newton to kind of let you know relieve pressure constantly that you have to guard that just makes it so much harder because, um, you know, when he goes out into the flats uh, for a pass and Cam Newton's running around, you have a tough choice to make. Yeah, exactly. If if Cam Newton's scrambling in, in the backfield. And, and, and Cam Newton runs north and south. You know what I mean? He's not a guy sure. that's like going all over the place. But if Cam Newton is, is going up the middle and Chris McCaffrey's out in the flats, that's a very tough decision to make. Who are you going to stop? Yeah. I don't think you can stop them both. And, no. that's, and I think that's Carolina's game plan this year. For sure. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, I went with just Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley just because they're the top two running backs available no matter what. So no and, matter they, and they catch a ton of passes. Exactly. So, so, you know, just because they're valuable in a non-PPR league doesn't mean they're not even more valuable in a PPR exactly. league. Exactly. I think they're even more valuable in a PPR league than Absol- a non, non-PPR league yeah. because of how well they catch passes out of the backfield. Better than anybody else. Yeah. They're, those two, mark my words, will be the top two running backs at the end of the year, no matter yeah. how many games Le'Veon Bell misses if he's still holding out. And yeah. Todd Gurley, hopefully he doesn't get hurt. God forbid. Those those are the guys right there for sure. 100%. And um, then my sleeper was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, see, and I got just – I think he is on every – I think he's the man. Uh, big time McCaffrey fan. But then wide receivers, you do some wide receivers as well? I did. All right, so, so – um, I got three guys again, but not, I, I don't really think necessarily any of them are sleepers. They just have, like I said, different value because they catch so many passes. Right. But Doug Baldwin. For, yeah. I think Doug Baldwin is a guy that's going to be – Doug will ball. D- Doug's going to be a guy that could be a top 10 scorer in a points per reception league, whereas if it's not a points per reception league, Doug Baldwin can get you he, – he's going to have a bunch of games where he gets you six, seven, and eight points, Yeah, which isn't as – as valuable especially receivers you're looking to get double digits every week yeah D- doug baldwin's a good good great pick for ppr um golden tate we've talked about detroit a couple of times now matt stafford's uh, matt gonna have St- a hell of a year like we said matt stafford it's like playing with russell westbrook you're gonna be the beneficiary of of what's going on there sometimes golden tate and i've talked about luke wilson they're gonna get a ton of ton of balls yep um <laughs> and uh larry fitz man larry fitz and I old actually, reliable old reliable and most of the time i think i'm going to disagree with ratings and i went on to ratings and larry fitzgerald is actually like in the top five still you know people <laughs> he's still a got, beast you know he took a couple steps back in fantasy football as far as like projections and this year preseason they got him as like top notch you know what i mean yeah. every year he finishes top but preseason rankings they always want to say his age is going to come into factor some year yeah. This year they didn't do that. He, Listen, he, he's up there. He's way up there. He's he's going to get a ton of passes. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback. Yeah. It, anybody who plays Arizona knows the ball's going to Larry, and he just always still somehow finds a way to end up with the ball in the end zone. Yep, and hopefully Dave Johnson can stay healthy, and, yeah. and that's only just going to help him out even more. Yeah, and it'll help the division out. Yep. Because obviously we love NFC West football. Yeah. <laughs> Best division in football, baby. We send people to the Super Bowl all the time. All the time. Anyway, um, for my PPR receivers, I, it's actually the two guys you mentioned. Two two of the guys you've mentioned earlier, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. I think Julio Jones, he's going to have a monster comeback year. He didn't perform as well. Because as, of the end zone. Because exactly. of the touchdowns. Yeah, because of touchdowns. He was yeah. still there yardage-wise. 
but I think he's going to get a lot more touches. He's he's basically Marvin Harrison when Reggie Wayne was a young cat mm-hmm. with Calvin Ridley is mm-hmm. what I'm tr- trying to compare that to. Yeah, yeah, that's a great comparison. And, and you want to know the my favorite comparison is Calvin Ridley is Julio Jones with Roddy White. Yeah, big, another great example. And it, and I only say that because I remember when they traded up to get Julio in the draft, and they were like, "We need a." We, we need, need someone on the opposite. Roddy White was extremely productive for a couple of years there. For sure. And they, and they brought him in while he was still productive. Bringing in Ridley while Julio's still productive is a good move. Yeah. And then, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, he's the entire show in Houston. Deshaun yeah, Ma- I'm not sure why people don't put him closer to Antonio Brown. You know what I mean? I, I don't see where it's like, how is his – I'll tell you why. He's like – he is – he's got a bigger load than Antonio Brown, and I think physically he's – Physically, he has more gifts. I don't think he's necessarily physically better than Antonio Brown. Like, Antonio Brown's yeah. route running and hands are amazing, but DeAndre Hopkins' hands are, might be number one in the NFL. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to winning. DeAndre Hopkins never wins. He's, Not in fantasy football. But winning don't mean shit. It don't get you no extra points. Fair. And, in fact, I think DeAndre Hopkins has been the beneficiary <laughs> of that fact. I mean, it don't matter if his team's dog shit. He... he he gets it done. Yeah, no, it, exactly. He's going to be Deshaun Watson's number yeah. one target. Yeah. He's going to ball out this year if Deshaun Watson can stay healthy and he can stay healthy. Which I'm really excited for. Deshaun Watson was actually another guy that I, I had marked as my sleeper, and then I saw he was projected as like a top 10 quarterback. So yeah, he's not, not really, not, not yeah, really not a really sleeper. sleeper. People aren't sleeping on him. Uh, but my sleeping, my sleeper for PPR receiver is actually Juju Smith-Schuster. I had Juju. I had Juju written down on the short list. He was a guy that I wanted to mention somewhere. But I think as far as like the projections goes, he's ranked pretty well. Yeah, he's ranked pretty well. But I, think, I just I think he's gonna be at the end of the year like a twenty to twenty-five overall wide receiver, which is really good. Um, but I'm not sure where where he's gonna. How, you know how it's all going to work. I mean, he's playing the opposite side of Antonio Brown. He's going to ball out, get stats. But yeah, exactly. I just think he's going to he. There's he's a lot the, of weapons there too. You know, he's the ultimate decoy weapon from Antonio Brown for the type of player Antonio Brown is, and for the type of player. Jimmy yeah, Marta- Martavis. You know, he's in Oakland role. now. Martavis had that role, you know, and that's why he's in Oakland. Is, yeah, is couldn't do it. Speaking of the Steelers receivers, just really quick, because I love their history. They, I've, the Steelers have always had great receivers, great, drafted great receivers. Yeah. Their guy this year coming in, it, don't sleep on him, James Washington out of Oklahoma State, was a fucking baller in college. <laughs> I mean, he was like the guy. I mean, big-time recruit, big-time performer in the Big 12. That's a, They're not talking about that. Actually – and didn't Pittsburgh draft their quarterback too, Mason Rudolph? Yep. Yeah. Watch out. That's that's <laughs> nasty. That's great that James Washington's there. Is that the future? Yeah. Is that the future when Big Ben and Antonio Brown retire? Well, yeah. No. 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 I'm not. No. I'm <laughs> You're not, not going that. there. I, no, I don't think Mason Rudolph is a starter. I'm not ready to say that. He's a rookie though, so it's like well, he's got he, lots of time to prove me wrong. He's the backup. But right now, he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, and definitely not for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, you got any you got any other players you want to talk about? Um, I mean, the guys that I didn't talk about uh, because I always talk about them, Patrick Mahomes and 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 Josh Gordon seem to be the the topic that I get into a lot out, yeah. outside of the show. Um, as far as like, I just really like them, and and j- people got Josh Gordon. He hasn't played, you know. Um, Jarvis Landry seems to be the clear number one there. I just think when Josh Gordon steps on the field, it's going to be magic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, big time numbers, like legitimate Pro Bowl, All Pro talent. Um, Josh Gordon can do what whatever he wants on the football field, really. And then Patrick Mahomes, uh, again, just a big, strong, athletic kid. Reminds me of young Kaepernick. It's the second year in the league. He sat his whole first year, which I always am a fan of playing with Andy Reid. Um, in the preseason, he completed a pass that to Tyreek Hill that was uh, 68 and a half yards in the air. 68 and a half yards. Not one touchdown pass last season was that far in the air. Wow. I mean, kid has a monster arm, and people like Tyreek Hill at the end of that kind of stuff is going to be crazy. Yeah, because Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt there to help him out. Um, Andy Reid, I like it. Yeah, no, I mean, Kansas City's in for 
and for a real a real Kansas good, City, good year to this me year. is another one of those teams that I like their it, I like their fantasy players. It seems to be you know pretty hot and cold. You know, every now and then there'll be a team I don't like that has a stud, so obviously I got to take him. Um, like Mike Evans and the Bucks. Like to me, yep. in, in fantasy football, I'm just completely staying away from certain teams. It's funny. I and the Bucks at, are one of those teams, but it's like Mike Evans. If Mike Evans there, I don't care. If I'm playing quarterback for the Bucks, I'm going to take Mike Evans in fantasy <laughs> football because the dude can ball. No one can guard him. Well, it's funny. I I almost wanted to put Mike Evans down for a couple a couple of slots on the list uh, we just talked about. But then I remembered he's got a quarterback like Jameis Winston, who's also suspended for a couple games this year. So it's going to be the backup. That's uh, why Ryan I think Fitzpatrick. Mike Evans is a good pick because Fitzpatrick is a better <laughs> thrower, is a better with ball placement and being just a professional quarterback and hitting you under breaks and stuff like that. He may not have the physical upside and be able to make these monster plays and these these miraculous plays like Jameis, but Ryan Fitzpatrick can – it's magic, baby. Yeah, I mean, I just have a general rule. I think he's going to throw up good stats to Mike Evans these first couple weeks. I just have a general rule when it comes to fantasy of staying away from any Cleveland Browns player or any Tampa Bay Buccaneer player. Good. Stay away from the Browns players. Cause you, can have, you can have them all. I'm honestly – I got, I, I love Njoku. Um, I, like I said, I love Josh Gordon. Jarvis Landry is a guy that I probably won't take. I have respect for him. I, and I'll maybe take him if he really fell down. He's but baby Odell Beckham. I'm not going to – no. Fuck no. He wishes. He <laughs> he wishes that was the case. No, he's not – he's a good football player, but I don't – I'm not a huge Jarvis Landry guy. Um, what do you think of his speech and in Hard Duke, Knocks? Duke, Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde, both serviceable guys in the run, as a running back. And if Tyrod Taylor is oh, – this is more weekly fantasy football, but Tyrod Taylor is a, a, always a great flyer quarterback. What did you What did you think of Jarvis Landry's speech in Hard Knocks? I didn't see it. Oh, but you didn't see his. No. Oh, never mind. We can't talk about it. Was it good or bad? I mean, it. Was, he was basically yelling like at leadership it. stuff. He was trying. He trying was to be trying a to be a leader. Well, then I mean, I'm always going to give credit. I'm always going to give credit to guys in an NFL locker room that step up and say something. Sometimes it comes off corny. Sometimes it'd be like, "Dad, this isn't really your." It just uh, to me, this kinda, isn't really your team like that, but. Hey, he's got a guy. He's got a quarterback that hasn't played for the team before. He hasn't played for the team before. Exactly. Baker Mayfield hasn't played for the team before. Who's stepping up? You know, Josh Gordon's not stepping up. And Joku. And Joku is a second-year tight end. He's not stepping up. That's not. <laughs> that's not who's leading your Gronk ain't even leading shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tight ends don't do that. That's just they don't have that effect. They're not the franchise player. Yeah. Jarvis Landry is paid like a franchise player and treated like a franchise player. So you need to put up franchise numbers, which I just see Josh Gordon outperforming him. I I hope you're right about that, just for Josh Gordon's but, health's and, sake. And that's the fun thing about fantasy football is like, is Josh Gordon going to do better because of Jarvis Landry? Is Jarvis Landry going to do better because of Josh Gordon? You yeah. know, like who are the defenses going to key on and who are they going to leave open? And then it's like, if they key on Josh Gordon and leave Jarvis and he succeeds, you know, what does that mean? It's a nasty one-two combo, that's for sure. That's a good one, if it, especially if Des goes there. That's going to be great. I don't think that's happening. He showed up. He showed up to the clubhouse. <laughs> it, hey, you never know. You never know. He's He wants to play. Do you think the Browns win more than four games? Yes. No. For sure. No. Tyler, oh, yeah. Stop I'm going, it. Dude, I'm going to Vegas with my Browns win. Stop smart. it. Yeah. Yeah. I got the Browns. I I'm like taking the, Browns. the under on three and a half. You know where I'm pissed that the Browns is taking that fucking corner over uh, Bradley Chubb. The but they got Nick Chubb. Different person here. Uh, yeah, Running but. back. Yeah, I like Nick Chubb. He's a good player, but. No, Bradley Chubb is a beast. It's like they should have took, with how good Miles Garrett is, you know what I mean? If you put anybody on the other side, it's going to get the second tier uh, pass protection of the football team. Yeah. Someone like Bradley Chubbs comes in there and gets second-tier protection, you know? Unless you're playing against uh, one of the better teams in the NFL, they're just going to eat. Yeah. But, all right, you, you got any more football in you? No, I mean, I think, I said, I think I've said what I, what I wanted to say today. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more next week. August, yeah. August seems to be the year, the month of fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's listen. all about the prep. It's all about getting ready for the drafts. Um, all the drafts happen, you know, week three, week four of the preseason. 
Yeah, I mean, we can't say it enough. It's it's the dog days of summer. We, we got to find things to talk about, and and why not talk about fantasy football? It's I love the idea of only talking about in the month of August. If only I if, if the only thing I talked about is fantasy football for the rest of my life, you'd be month, content. I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with that. All right, well let's let's jump into some hoops. Let's end it with some hoops, some of the good stuff. Yeah, we we got a nice hoop session today. We got our adult league coming up. Yep. Uh, in a couple weeks, so yep. we're preparing for that. Stay young out there. Keep, yeah. Keep playing. Pirate season coming up soon. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to play some ball, but I'm also excited to talk about some ball. Get, yeah. Just get some random shit in there. So yeah. I got some questions about kind of what's coming up. What's coming up? What's coming up? Yeah, oh, my question. My questions are all over the place. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll start it out. But uh, my first question is: Who do you think is more likely to average 20 points a game next season? Kyle Kuzma or Brandon Ingram? Oh, I think it's. Oh, jeez. Oh, I hope both. More likely, more likely to me, like kind of leans in the favor of Brandon Ingram. See, I think because he's gonna have a better opportunity to do it. No, see, I think I think more likely is actually. But I think Kuzma has is a better scorer than. Brandon Ingram is naturally. And that's why I think Kyle Kuzma is more likely to average 20 points, but Brandon Ingram is expected to average more than 20 points. He has to. He has to. He can't throw up 16 a game again. No, he has to. He has to average more than 20 points this year. It's his third year in the league. It's time to take that next step if you want to be the elite player you're supposed to be, being the number two overall draft pick. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All right. My question is, I saw this on Twitter, and I forget the guy's Twitter handle, or else I'd shout him out. Hopefully he's listening. Who knows? Uh, but a starting lineup of Stefan Marbury at the point guard. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> J.R. Smith at the shooting guard. Ron Artest at the three. Chris Birdman Anderson at the four. <laughs> and best, best for last. Dennis Rodman at the center, all in their prime. How many games do they win in 2018? Well, first of all, I got to say that we talked about, like, my all-time favorites. Like, if I could put together a starting lineup. This is pretty close. I had Rodman <laughs> and Artez both on that both on that lineup. Um, Stefan, so prime? Yeah, in their prime. So I got okay. You so got I got twenty. I got twenty and eight out of my point guard. I got J.R. Smith, so I got fifteen points out of my shooting guard. Ron Artest got the arguably the defense, probably the defensive player of the year. Definitely the best perimeter defensive player in the game. Yep. Uh, power forward is who? Chris Birdman Anderson. Okay, so I'm playing Chris at center. Um, and he's a Ron shot, shot blocking, rebounding guy. Then. If if Ron Artest doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, Dennis Rodman's going to, <laughs> and he's going to average 15 rebounds a game. Yeah. So, in so out of my center, out of my center, I'm going to get eight and eight, maybe. Who knows? Chris Man, <laughs> Chris Birdman Anderson, he ain't doing shit, but he's a good plug-in player for them. Like, yeah. You know, he's a, he's a rim protector. Um. My issue is because my team's like a a point guard, a scoring point guard led team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Ron Artest, Ron Artest can get buckets. I mean, he can score 18 to 20 points a game. For JR, sure. JR can get you 15. But after that, the scoring is kind of thin. Yeah, I don't think this team averages more than 102 points per game. Uh, which is enough. But, I mean, because of their defense. Their defense would be unreal. Uh, I mean, the fact that if your three, four guys have to play against Artest and Rodman, you're done. Yeah. I mean, you're done. It don't matter. All right, let's put a number on it. How many wins? <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying they're they're winning games. Uh, I'm gonna go with 49 wins. The 49 wins. 49 wins. I'm not putting it at more than 44. I'm putting 49 wins on it. They're winning games. I mean, defense alone, that that team is like, you got the greatest rebounder of all time. <laughs> you know, you got yeah. you got Ron Artest that can guard any of the best. You know, put one through five. Put Ron Artest, put Ron Artest against LeBron, KD, Kobe, Michael. He's as good as they come. Yeah. So if we're talking about an all-time scenario, they're winning. All right. Winning games. All right. Stefan can score. I don't know. I just thought that was the most random, interesting lineup I've ever seen thrown together. Who I put that together? I, somebody on Twitter. I just saw it. someone like retweeted it. It popped up on my timeline. Yeah, it's weird. Like, 
I mean, that's a dope lineup. <laughs> I, I fuck with it tough, but <laughs> Stephon Marbury is getting buckets on that team, yeah. which is good. I mean, that's what you need. That's what you Stephon wants to do. Yeah, just put the ball in his hand and let him go to work. All right. I'm only going to talk myself into more wins with this with this team. <laughs> All right. You might go 82-0 and 0 by the yeah. end of the show. Um, if you're Boston, what do you do with Terry Rozier? Do you trade him? Do you bring him off the bench? Do you keep him as, like, kind of Kyrie insurance? Do you start him with Kyrie? So, I mean, the point guard death chart in Boston goes Kyrie, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, I'm assuming. Well, I think, I think Rozier and Marcus Smart, as of right now, are the guards coming off the bench. Right. Well, not necessarily point guard. I you think got Jalen. You got Jalen Brown starting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think he starts for sure. I think. Yeah. I well, think Jalen Brown starts with Tatum and Gordon Hayward. Yeah, and Horford. And Horford. So and it's Kyrie. Kyrie, yeah. Kyrie at the one. Jalen Brown at the two. Hayward at the three. Tatum at the four. Al Horford Albert. at the five. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, your two, and Morris, your three players off the bench, eight-man rotation. Yeah, well, and they, have, you know, they have. I think they still have Baines, who, who they yeah, like. They and Baines. then they just drafted that kid from Texas A&M that was like defensive player of the year for Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, I would probably keep him. You, you I, listen, Kyrie's got a history of ankle injuries. He, okay, so here's because here's here's why it's an interesting scenario for me is because his trade value is at an all time high. It is at an all time high, and look at what they got for Isaiah Thomas and um, Kyrie. Yes, you'd like to have insurance for Kyrie, but you already have Marcus Smart. You know what I mean? It's not, and it's not. I think they value Terry Rozier more than they value Marcus Smart right now. But Marcus Smart's not as good of a trade piece, and I think you're just as good. You know, defensively, you can run your team. I think I think Terry Rozier is a much bigger defensive liability than Marcus Smart is. Yeah, I think you trade Terry Rozier. I yeah. think Boston does what they go jack some stupid franchise for all their picks. <laughs> they get some star player for Terry Rozier. Danny Ainge just added again with hoarding the picks. Yeah, yeah, do it again to him. I think you know why not? Terry Rozier is at an all-time high trade value. Trade him. You got Marcus Smart. You got Jalen Brown. You know you got. Tatum and Horford can both play the perimeter. Just just makes sense to me. Yeah. No, I mean I I would probably keep him, but it may, it would make sense to trade him as well. I could see yeah. it go I could see it going either way. Cuz he can play with Kyrie. It's just they're not going to start I don't think they're going to start Terry Rozier over Jalen Brown. No, they shouldn't. Yeah. All right. So I got two trade scenarios as well for you. Okay. Uh Bleacher Report actually came up with them. Uh they had a like a article of like five possible trade scenarios we think are good ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I took two of them out of the five. Uh, so I want to know, A, if you like the trade, and then B, if you think this trade will actually happen. Okay. So the first one is the Miami Heat send Hassan Whiteside to Cleveland for Tristan Thompson, Kyle Korver, and Larry Nance Jr. What do you think of that? Damn, oh, that's I mean that's a good that's that that's a that's a that could happen that that works out monetary wise. Yeah, you, you so you think that's that could actually happen? Uh, yeah, I mean I think if that's uh that's something that's on the books, I don't I don't see that seems to me like a win win because Whiteside doesn't want to be in Miami, right? Which that's only like the outside looking in as far as like just what happened last year in the playoffs and right. stuff with with Whiteside. Um, I would think Miami would want to move on and to get us, you know, a serviceable big guy, Kyle Korver, and then, you know, Larry a young Nance. piece and Larry Nance. Larry Nance is the young piece that's part of your team. Uh, that's a pretty good trade for Miami. Yeah. Um, I, even though you have to take on Tristan Thompson's contract for a couple of years, that's that's the only bad thing. Well, yeah. And I but mean, he replaces your rim protection and your rebounding that Hassan Whiteside. Right. And I think Cleveland obviously doesn't want to pay Tristan Thompson anymore, especially now that LeBron is gone. Mm-hmm. And I think Hassan yeah. Whiteside now becomes the centerpiece in Cleveland. Yeah, he would like to have a fresh start, I think, and, and to get it in Cleveland with Kevin Love, and then they got you know a young player in Colin Sexton. Yeah. That they're excited about that'd be good. That's a good start. That's a good way to start with Cleveland, especially because Kevin Love now is like arguably the best trade piece on the market with his long term deal to get yeah. if you want to get a Hall of Fame caliber, all star caliber player for a couple years in a trade, you know, you got some guy that wants to leave you, get Kevin Love. Yeah, for sure. All right. The second trade option 
uh, that Bleacher Report came up with is the Portland Trailblazers send C.J. McCollum and Myers Leonard to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins, Justin Patton, Tyus Jones, and a 2019 first-round pick, which is top 20 protected. I think um, in that scenario, I don't think Portland – I think Portland stays, you know? That's a yeah. side. That's a sidestep. Okay. And I think uh, Minnesota gets better. Okay. Just because I think McCollum in Minnesota is a nice up is a nice not upgrade necessarily. Well, I do think it's an upgrade, but um, McCollum, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns that that seems really nice on paper. Yeah, McCollum is a scoring guard that could be that could fit with a couple two way players, um, and he could play a little point. Yeah, but it's in it's like Wiggins with Lillard. It's like I just don't really see like how that works out and the rest of those pieces don't really matter yeah i mean if i don't if i don't really see it's really wiggins for cj mccollum that yeah that would be like you the, know what i mean and it's the like, highlight of the i'm trade. not a huge wiggins guy i'm still i always just like i say i'm always just waiting to see what everybody else sees yeah as exactly. far as like that number one pick nba all-star caliber player but i just don't see it yet i mean i'm I'm giving Andrew Wiggins one more year before I just give up on him and be like, this guy isn't going to be what he was supposed to be. Yeah, and, and like I, I went on a rant about Andrew Wiggins last year during the uh, <laughs> during the NBA season because yep. um, he he's a guy that averaged 20 a game, but he plays 37 minutes a game. Yeah, you know what I mean. He has he has so many more opportunities, and I think that's where this facade of rating Andrew Wiggins as a top tier NBA player comes from. Yeah. It's like, well, dude, of course, like, yeah, he's a great athlete in the open court. He's going to get 20 points in 37 minutes just by running around. Um, I don't think he has a game. I don't think he has anything he can go to in the bag when, when shit gets tough. Yeah. Um, and and I don't think he really compliments Damian Lillard's game at all. No, I don't think he compliments Damian Lillard's game at all. Yeah. So Minnesota, if, if they offer you that, pull that trigger. <laughs> Yeah, so you you obviously like the Miami Cleveland deal a lot better than way that. better. I think the Miami Cleveland deal actually is a win win. It's, it's yeah. close, and it th- those trades are always are whenever it's like over for a player in a certain location. You know what I mean? To get them out of there, it's yeah. always going to be win win because that team that's getting them is like, oh, we're not getting the guy that was just on the court. We're getting the guy that actually wants to play for us for sure. Yeah, and I think I think Hassan Whiteside is due for a, a scenery change. Yeah, he needs it. He's a big yeah. I think he's a good player still. I think he's still got it's still got some good productive years in the NBA left in him. It's in, it's interesting to me, and this is a little side tangent, but how, and I I can't believe I'm making this comparison, but how Pat Riley is kind of like a a Jim Harbaugh, where it's like they have a shtick and it kind of runs out after a certain amount of time. With uh, the Baltimore Ravens. No, or uh, with what? Michigan. Oh, with like Michigan. Okay, how he did, yeah, yeah, how Jim yeah, Harbaugh yeah, yeah. didn't work in the NFL, but he yeah. works in college. Yeah, he moves yep. because he gets a new crop of players, and he can he his shtick can like kind of last longer. Yeah, yeah, he is a damn. And like Pat Pat Riley is that drill sergeant type of executive yeah, okay, and coach, I got you. Yep. where like it runs out on players. Miami, yeah, my yeah, exactly because he's so strong. You know what I mean? It, yeah, he's be, such a strong personality. That's why I like European players. I, I feel like would be a good fit down there because they don't have as strong as personalities normally as an American kid. I mean, look, it, it Pat Riley's act wore out on and, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade well, for a little bit. And, uh, and like, you know, people like Whiteside, that was the second birth of his yeah. career. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he brought him in. So, but that's why the Heat are a good franchise because they have their type of guys. No. It's yeah. Like, they, if you're either rolling with Pat Riley or you're getting the fuck out of there. Yeah. I mean, since, since Pat Riley has been, the running the show down there and really i guess since Dwayne wade has been a rookie and got drafted there miami has had a certain culture where it's like understood in the league of like what goes on in miami yeah and i think it started even in the 90s i mean they've always just been such a good such a good um pull for free agents just because the lifestyle yeah pat riley's been down there he started out started out with lonzo and tim hardaway yeah you know, um, he's built a good winning winning basketball culture there. They always perform well, and they're they're in it with championships. So. Yeah, Pat Riley just knows how to win. He's he does. Yep. He won in yep. he won in L.A. as a player he's, as he's a coach. The, he's the pull. He's the pull in Miami for yeah. sure. Yeah, 
Hundred percent. All right. What's your what's your, this what's one's your next kind question? Of like, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna ask this question because I I I don't understand what's going on. Why this is even a conversation? But uh oh. Is Kobe ever going to play basketball again? Are you talking about this big three bullshit? Big three, the Lakers. No. Uh, you know, USA basketball. Stop or, it. Or any of these. He doesn't come back, right? No. Yeah. Why would he come back? Dude, he's got an Oscar. He has the best ending of any career ever. 60 points. Yeah, drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I just think it's funny just seeing all these rumors. I just don't think he'll ever – he doesn't ever have to step on another basketball court again. No, I think if I think even though I think he wants to, no, I the don't funnier think he does. one to me was the Lakers this year. Him coming back to play for the Lakers. Hell no, he's not coming back. That's so funny. I think I'm ready for him. To come I back, think though. here's the thing. I think Kobe understands what happened with Michael when he went to Washington. Yeah, well, plus like, and Kobe didn't skip those other two retirements too. Well, yeah, that's fair too. And no, I didn't think you would say he would. I was just, no. I just thought it was kind of funny that I saw. It came up a couple times now. Yeah, no, I mean, just to, just today, there's rumors that people think he's gonna come go play for the big three. The next big three, year. the big three article, yes, was what initially <laughs> stemmed it, but then it's because of the Lakers rumors as well. Yeah, and what I, mean, I would like to see is him play in the Olympics. That would be dope. You got an, I mean, he's got gold medals already. What does he no, know? No, but just to go to go in and play with the young guns or something, you know. I, mean, I, I talked about this like fantasy scenario where the the Olympic team was like people under twenty two and people like retired. Interesting. You know, like it's like a mix of like the names you see in the big three and like college basketball rookie. U.S. The U.S. would still win a gold medal. Yeah, and it would be the best teams ever. Like it would be so. What like what well, if the starting guards were Trey Young and Kobe Bryant? But what are the it, restrictions for the other countries that have NBA players? No, this is just how America just decides to do it. Like, it, I I the reason why I pitched the idea was because it's like why are why do our stars play in overseas? Like, yes, I understand representing your country is a tremendous honor. Winning a gold medal is one of the highest, it, arguably the highest achievement in sports. It's Carmelo's so, highest achievement in, in basketball. Maybe, though, but it's like his his Syracuse run is more impressive to me than an Olympic run because but I think America's chokehold on the sport. But I think his gold medal means more to him than his national championship in college. Yeah, it might, just because he... Just because I think he's kind of salty about how people view his career in the NBA yeah. without championships. So Fair. it's like, you know, everyone's giving him shit about his legacy and not winning championships. It's like, well, dude, I got multiple gold medals. I won. He's, uh, the, he's like the most decorated U.S. basketball player ever. Yeah, he, statistically, yep. Yeah. And he's tied for the most most medals. Well, and I mean, it. it's funny. I saw... And he missed an opportunity to get a gold. Yeah, he got a bronze. Yeah. Um. But I also saw, like, back when the, the USA camp, like, the select camp was going on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I, people were making a big deal that, like, why isn't LeBron there? And I was like, dude, if he wants to play in the next Olympics, he can call Jerry Colangelo and be like, yo, I want in, and he'll be on the team. Yeah. He doesn't need the, to go to yeah. this camp. Yeah, that's the thing is all that kind of stuff. I just never really saw why, like, I think we should – we could win the Olympics with sending guys that aren't in the, in the NBA. You know what I mean? If we were just like, look, there's only college guys and retired guys. Dude, imagine like Zion, so like, so, Marvin Bagley. Well, they're – yeah. Yeah, so like if it was like Zion and then it was like Baron Davis and Kobe Bryant. Oh, my goodness. And and it was, you know, uh, Sharif O'Neal and, you know, these other guys. Like Tyson Chandler. Yeah. Like, it, well, Tyson still plays in the but league. But by the like, time the next yeah. Olympics roll around, he might yeah, not be in the league. Yeah, and Sharif won't be in college. But it's like, yeah, what if you only did, like, the college players and the retired players? Because then you're going to stop all this, you know, like, threat of hurting yourself or, you know, wearing yourself down, playing well, here's, too much basketball. Here's what I actually just remembered is three-on-three -three basketball is going to be a part of the Olympics pretty soon. This this coming this coming Olympics. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I think I think a lot of the guys from the big three are going to re represent. I asked you a question about that earlier. I remember. Yeah. I remember. About, is it, are we ever going to see the big three transition into the Olympics? Yeah. And I mean, I guess like, it has. Can, can the big three's league be a qualifier? That'd be cool. You know what I mean? But I don't think it will. You never know. Maybe. And I, and well, I just don't know if these guys want to do it. You know, I don't. I don't know if they care enough to want to. You know. Well, in terms of like you, you, your thought process of the big three being like qualifying, mm -hmm. it, if 
three-on-three basketball is going to be in the Olympics. It's going to be run through FIBA as well. So it's FIBA has three-on-three tournaments probably for qualifying. Yeah, exactly. They do. There, there's, there's. I know some. You know, there's, yeah. uh, there's one in Washington State. There's, yeah. They, and it's only it's be it's because they've started to do this now. Now you're starting to see them. Yeah. But I just don't think those guys are interested, really. Yeah, well, you never know. Yeah. Just dope. another opportunity to represent your country, though. So that, yeah, that's no, pretty cool. It, it would be cool. It would be dope. That was your last question, right? That was it. All right, my last question. So ESPN pulled an entire panel of NBA writers, analysts, and personalities about the likelihood of 2019 free agents ending up with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So I got the top five players and the percentages. I want to know who do you think is most likely out of these five players to sign with the Lakers next year. So the leading vote getter was Kawhi Leonard at 57.6%. Mm-hmm. Second was Jimmy Butler at 21.2%. Third, Clay Thompson at 15.2%. Kyrie at 3.1% in fourth place. And Kevin Durant in fifth place at 3%. Out of those five... I don't like... The, I don't think... Definitely, like, uh, like Kyrie is definitely for sure not coming there. Clay's no. for sure not going there. Durant's for sure not going there. Jimmy Butler and Kawhi could go there. Um, and if the question is who's more likely to, I think Jimmy is, just because Jimmy is going to be the one that's like, you're going to be lucky if like you get to go to the Lakers. Like, I think Jimmy's the guy, Jimmy's second or third on our list. You know what I mean? Like, I think we go after Kawhi and Clay. And settle for Jimmy. <laughs> That's why I think he, he's more likely because I don't think Clay. And, and I'm, I don't know. It just it'd be weird if Kawhi. I don't know what Kawhi's deal is. I don't know Kawhi Leonard anymore. I feel like <laughs> I can't like. I feel like I can't judge him on where what he's gonna do outside of like in between the lines. Well, I think I don't know what his motive is. Does he yeah. want to go play with LeBron James? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Toronto just hired somebody who was with the Spurs organization who was at SDSU the same time as Kawhi Leonard and worked with the program at SDSU when Kawhi I was I think there. Kawhi Leonard changes teams. I don't think he signs with the – I don't think this is a Paul George thing where he actually signs them. Yeah. I don't think he's going to sign with the Raptors, but the Lakers I mean, just seem weird. It just seems weird for him to go and be like, I want to play with – but we haven't seen them ball yet this year. I We haven't seen Kawhi ball it's like Brandon Ingram, Kuzma. LeBron, yeah, I mean, when all I do similar things. Yeah, I just when I first look at these five, I think Jimmy Butler is my answer. I think he's the most likely. Not who I'm picking, not who I want, but I think he's the most likely. Well, no, that was the question. Who do you think is most likely? Jimmy Butler. Immediately, I'm crossing off KD and Kyrie. Yeah, me too. I think that's that's why I was like, those two are just like. Even Clay, I think, is borderline just like, why is that even an option? I agree with you in the fact that I think Jimmy Butler is the third option, but I think Clay is actually more likely than Kawhi because Kawhi, I feel like, is the type of player where if he gets really comfortable in Toronto and he likes it there, he's going to stay. And then with Clay, he's in the position where he's he might have to play the waiting game and the Warriors might run out of money and not be able to pay him. Yeah. That's where I think is the biggest variable, and that's why I think Klay Thompson is the most likely to actually end up with the Lakers, and I think he compliments LeBron the the best. If Klay goes to the Lakers, it's a fucking wrap. They're 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 rolling. They're ready to go on paper, off paper. That that's a team that's ready to roll. Klay, yeah, Klay and LeBron, that's tough. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, that that's the that's our hoops edition of the the two minute drill. That mm-hmm. was that was a lot of fun. I love yep. love when we get to talk hoops on the show. It's, it's it's a great time in sports where we can just talk about whatever we want. Yeah, we're just throwing scenarios out there. It's all it's all kind of just hearsay. Yeah. So, all right, you got any shout-outs before we get out of here? Hell yeah, I got Andrew Luck. I'm shouting out. I'm a big <laughs> dog, Andrew Luck, Indianapolis Colts. I'm a big fan of Luck. Um, I think he's getting some unnecessary scrutiny as of late. Um, his last game, he was 6 for 13, 50 <laughs> yards, a pick, and two, he got sacked twice. Did get sacked by Terrell Suggs, so he said, it, sizzle, baby. he said it was kind of a good thing to, you know, get sacked, like a real sack, yeah. a physical violence Surprisingly, sack. there was not a flag thrown on the play. No injury either, so, you know, shout out Andrew Luck. I think he's back, even though he's thrown up pedestrian numbers. I, I think he's going to play this year. Yeah, no, I definitely think Andrew Luck is poised for a nice comeback this year. Yeah, I think he's going to play. I don't think this injury – I think this injury is behind him. Yeah. 
All right, my shout-out this week is to the one and only Wilt Chamberlain, a.k.a. Wilt the Stilt, a.k.a. the Big Dipper, a.k.a. the man of 20,000 women. Uh, today would have been his 82nd birthday. One of the all-time great players in NBA history. He's an all-time Laker. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to some of these numbers, though. His rookie year, he averaged 37.6 points per game and 27 rebounds per game. His third year in the league, he averaged 50.4 points per game and 25.7 rebounds per game. Obviously, he scored 100 points in one game, and he was a very big piece uh, in the longest win streak in NBA history, 33 straight games by the 1971-1972 Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. They won the title that year. Uh, just an all-time great. So happy happy birthday, Will. Will, by the numbers, is tough to argue against as the GOAT. Yeah, by the, by the numbers. By the by the numbers, no one's fucking with Will. Shout out to Will Chamberlain. <laughs> we know Tyler loves to say that the NBA started after 1979, 1980. Nah, he he's a guy that was you know before his time. Yeah, he and dominated. I mean, no one could no one could fuck no one could talk no one could touch him. The only one that could touch him was Bill Russell, and and Bill Russell physically wasn't as good as him. Bill Russell was just that good of a basketball player and had you a better I mean? team. It, yeah, and had a better team. Where it's like Will Chamberlain was still dominate. Bill oh. Russell, like, one-on-one, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not like that. Yeah. But anyway, don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. That's it for this episode of the TSK show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode for you guys. Peace. Later.